This is Fair Catch Kick, the 15-minute fantasy football podcast. I'm Paul Stoltz, former professional kicker who spent way too much time in an offensive film room. And I'm Anthony LaFreary, an award-winning sports reporter who once lost Priest Holmes and Terrell Owens in a 24-hour period for the season. (laughs) On our first four episodes, we went over our rankings 1 through 20. This episode, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to go hit position-specific quarterbacks only. Quick ask before we begin, if you like what you're hearing, please take a second to hit that subscribe button on YouTube. And also check out our website, fckpodcast.com. And we also have some social media accounts on Instagram and Twitter. The handles are at fckpodcast. Please subscribe, drop us messages, send us DMs interact with us, send us questions. We'd love to hear from you and the best stuff we'll put on the air. So to start today's episode, we're going to just count this from, from the top. Uh, I think everybody and their mother have ranked the same two guys, one and two. So I'll toss it to you, Anthony, to see what you've done with, with your one and two with, I'm assuming, Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. Well, you're going to be a little surprised, Paul. At number one, you don't have both of them at one and two. Well, I'm going to just start with my number one. You're going to be surprised with who I put at number one. I got got Pat Mahomes. I know I've talked a little bit of smack about him over our first four episodes, you know, saying, uh, tired of hearing everybody calling him the GOAT. He does only have 33% of Troy Aikman's Super Bowl rings. So pump the brakes a little bit. But that being said, Mahomes boy, is the safest bet at quarterback in fantasy football. And I've got to put him at number one for that reason. He's got everything you need to be successful. He's got the wide receiver core. He's got the stud tight end. He's got the fantasy football quarterback guru in Andy Reid. Unless his line implodes, I just don't see anything that can go wrong. I wouldn't draft him in the first round. I philosophically couldn't even draft him in the second round. But as far as quarterbacks go, he's got to be my number one because there's just no way it can go wrong. So, so that's fine. Again, to me, it's I have Lamar Jackson at number one. I have Mahomes at two. My only thing with Mahomes is how often are they going to be playing from behind? He lit it up in the playoffs, as you said last episode, because they were playing from behind and he, you know, he crushed it. But He's got all the weapons. He's got my guy, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I just don't know how many opportunities he's going to see, and I think that was what we saw last season when he only threw 26 touchdown passes. Here's the thing with that. The defense of Kansas City caught lightning in a bottle towards the end of last year. I think other teams are going to figure that out, and I think they're going to win in track meets. So I think he's going to sling the ball, and Andy Reid is a throw-first guy anyway. He's going to get his no matter what. Look, I'm good with it. Like I said, I got Lamar Jackson at one, dual threat. It's like having two players for the price of one. I think he's going to see a regression, but I have Mahomes at two. I think, as you said, Mahomes is the safest pick in the draft. So you got it, too. Okay. At number two, I got Russell Wilson. So you have Russell Wilson over Lamar Jackson. Yes, I do, and I'm going to tell you why. Number one, and this is a slight digression – but Russell Wilson is the best quarterback in the world today. Real life, best in the world. 
He, Better than Mahomes. Yes, yes. Mahomes has a lot of help. Russell Wilson has no help. He doesn't have the receivers. He doesn't have the tight end. He doesn't have the coach. He doesn't even really have an offensive coordinator that's as good as what's in Kansas City, yet he makes it work. That being said, he's just so safe to have in fantasy football. They paid him money to be that offense, and he makes it work. He very rarely has clunkers. He always plays. He always produces. He's as durable as durable gets. And I got to tell you something, DK Metcalf, I like him going forward. I think he's going to take a step forward. He's going to catch a lot of deep balls. And nobody in the world throws a better deep ball right now than Russell Wilson. I just think he's safer than, than Lamar. What I saw in that playoff game worried me a little bit with Lamar, who is my number three. You did a great job talking about him on our previous episode. I just worry that defenses might have figured out, okay, we contain him, we keep him in the pocket, we make him beat us with his arm. That's what Tennessee did, and he did not look good in that playoff game. By the end of the year, he's probably, possibly going to be number one by a lot, but until he proves it, I'm not going to draft that way. So I'm good with Russell Wilson being high. I just don't see the world in which you rank him above Lamar Jackson in fantasy football. I, I actually think he's the second best quarterback in real life football right now to Patrick Mahomes. I, I agree he has no help. He had the 28th ranked offensive line last year. They do have three new offensive linemen. So I'm hoping that he sees a little bit of protection. He's finally got a couple decent weapons and receivers. 31 TD, five picks last year. He had less rushing yards than Garrett Minshew. But, but again, I just don't see the world in fantasy football where Lamar Jackson has that much of a regression on both passing where he led the league in passing touchdowns and in rushing where he led the league in rushing touchdowns for quarterbacks as well as rushing yards with 1,200. I don't see the, the world where those mesh enough where Russell Wilson can be better for fantasy purposes than Lamar Jackson. It's a good point, Paul. But what I worry about is if that recipe to beat him is correct, to keep him in the pocket, and they don't let him run, that's what really sets him apart from the rest of fantasy football is his rushing ability. If they keep him in the pocket and he can't run, he's an above-average thrower of the football. He's not bad. But he's okay. Yeah, he's fine. He's fine. He's fine. I'm not going to say he's a bad thrower of the ball. Throws. But I think his passing prowess needs to catch up with his legs. And once that happens, and there's a good chance that does, he's just unstoppable, and he's going to break the league for good, and he's going to break fantasy football for good. I mean, there's a scenario where I could see him going number one overall in leagues next year if his passing polish takes that step forward. But until I see that happen, I'm going to say buyer beware. I'm not going to put him in my top 20, and I'm not going to invest in him. I would rather wait a little bit, get a guy like Russ, and set it and forget it at quarterback. Mahomes and Russ are just two guys I know are matchup proof. They're going to play, and they're going to produce. 
Lamar, I'm not 100% sure yet. So after these top three, and clearly you and I agree on who the top three are, just not in the same order at all. Mm-hmm. Things just fall off a cliff at this point, and I almost don't care what everybody's five, four through 15 rankings are because it's all based on speculation and however you want to analyze it. My number four, though, is Deshaun Watson. His big play upside is ridiculous. Everybody's going to make the argument that, oh, DeAndre Hopkins isn't there anymore. But I think quietly behind the scenes, Hop was being pretty demanding. They replaced him with Brandon Cooks, who we'll get to in another episode. Love that Brandon, Brandon Cooks. Cooks is no DeAndre Hopkins, but he is still a top 20 receiver. I like him as a value uh, comeback player of the year type guy for this year in that offense. He's also got David Johnson. He's a much better pass blocker than we saw Carlos Hyde last year. He's going to have a little bit more protection. They started to solidify the line a little bit last year between Tunsil and Titus Howard. I like that. I don't have him at number four, but to your point, Paul, to kind of reference Moneyball, losing DeAndre Hopkins is tough, but I think Boy, I hate, I really hate to put Bill O'Brien over, but I think they've actually done a fairly decent job of replacing DeAndre Hopkins in the aggregate. You're not going to get that production out of one guy, but the over the middle stuff, Randall Cobb should handle that. The deep stuff, Brandon Cooks, as you said, I really like Brandon Cooks as a value play going forward. You have David Johnson. Kenny Stills is still there. And you still got Fuller. Uh, taking the top off of it if he's and ever healthy. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to really hate on that pick at all. The only bad thing I could really say about Watson is he's injury prone. I'm just a little worried about that, and that's why I didn't put him at number four. Who I put at number four is Kyler Murray. I okay. love- that's, uh, that's surprising at four for you, but I, I like Kyler Murray. I, again, I don't the order between, say, 4 through 15 or so is very subjective, but I'd love to hear why you think it's Kyler. For all the reasons I like Russell Wilson, I like Kyler Murray. He's, he's basically Russell Wilson's mini-me in terms of playing style. Paul, I'm sure you have him a bit later in the rankings, and you'll go into the game tape, but I actually did watch a little game tape on him, and one thing I noticed was he hardly ever made the same mistake twice as a rookie. He's also got a really good offense around him. He's got Kenyon Drake. They got Hopkins at receiver. Cliff Kingsbury, I don't know if he's going to be a good NFL head coach, but his offenses are going to work. Kyler's my good offense for Kyler Murray. I, I won't state that for a second. He's my big breakout quarterback candidate of the year. I just love the dude. Yeah, I, I, I'm with it. I just am not ready to put him ahead of some some more seasoned veterans. He certainly benefited from the Cardinals not being very good last year and from being behind late in games. And he, he, was, he was very battle-tested last year and came through in big moments. I'm just not ready to take him as one of the first five quarterbacks off the board. Like Lamar, this is going to be a guy that – could rise significantly in the rankings and, you know, crack the top two or three by the end of the year. Who you got at your five? You're going to love this, Paul. Oh, gosh. 
Yeah, he, he already knows what's coming then. I got me Dak Prescott. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, the way I say it, you could call me a cowboy homer, but I know the personnel really well there, and there's just too many weapons around him not to succeed. You have the best wide receiving core in football. I don't think anyone's close at this point. You have 2,000-yard receivers coming back. Yeah, they lose Cobb, who was pretty close. He had about 850 yards last year. But you're replacing him with C.D. Lamb, who's arguably the best wide receiver in the draft, who could have 1,000 yards this year. You've got a darn good offensive line, top five in the game at this point. You have arguably the best running back in football. Even the coaching staff, I believe, is going to upgrade because you have Coach Clapp, Jason Garrett, he's a joke. Now you have Coach Mike McCarthy, who revitalized Brett Favre. He developed Aaron Rodgers into a Hall of Fame quarterback, as much as I hate to put Aaron Rodgers over. And most importantly of all, and nobody is talking about this, Kellen Moore is back. He was the offensive coordinator last year. When Jason Garrett allowed him to do his thing in the play calling, Dak was all world. It was only when the stage got bigger and the stakes got higher did Garrett take over the game plan and it forced them to be more conservative. Moore is back. He's one of the best young minds in football. And I believe he's going to take a step forward as offensive coordinator under the tutelage of McCarthy, which in turn is going to make Dak take a step forward at quarterback. And one other point I want to make from an analytic nerd standpoint, he is actually the highest rated deep ball thrower in football last year. He he connected on 44.4% of his passes more than 20 yards in the air. He had a quarterback rating of 109.7 of passes 20 yards or longer in the air. He is not Dak and Dunk. He can be a down-the-field quarterback if given the opportunity. Yeah, look, I can not make the fantasy football argument against Dak. I can watch Dak play and watch the deficits happen, but Kellen Moore has done a phenomenal job of designing that offense around what Dak does well. A little bit of read option. He's got great protection. Zeke is one of the three or four best pass-blocking running backs in the NFL. They've got a trio of dynamic receivers. I can no longer sit here and say I wouldn't rank Dak high. 4,900 yards last year, 30 TD, 11 picks. I don't know if you'll see that again in 2020, but I think you'll see something in a ballpark that makes Dak a, a top I'm safe saying top eight fantasy quarterback. Uh, I've got Dak at six. To round out my top five, I've got a player that, for whatever reason, over the last 10 years, you have a personal vendetta against. Uh, Paul, I'll be you. interested to hear why you don't like him this year because I frankly think he's getting overlooked. So I'll give you the podium to make the case against him first. Aaron Rodgers, my number five. Well, first, let me start saying boo to your pick, sir. Boo to your pick. Aaron Rodgers, personal feelings aside, is clearly in decline. Look at his stats the last two years. They're going down. He's more brittle. He's getting hurt. And more importantly, I question his mental 
strength at this point. He's leaving throws on the field. He's not taking chances the way he used to. As Stephen A. Smith would say, he's not that bad man anymore. To me, he's more the gunslinger who lost his nerve. Look, I've, I've heard that narrative before. I don't agree with it. Do I think he is the same player that he was five years ago? No, but he continues to make good decisions. He only threw four picks, 26 touchdowns last year. So he was still very efficient. The offensive line was the highest rated pass blocking offensive line led by Bakhtiari at left tackle in terms of time for a quarterback to sit in the pocket. Now, where I don't like Aaron Rodgers is that his time from snap to release of the ball was the longest in the NFL. So it almost makes the offensive line look bad. But that's, again, a product of the lack of options. I don't care if it's Marcus Valdez-Scantling, Equinemius St. Brown, or anybody who has three to four names, <laughs> right? Devontae Adams is still the guy, the one he trusts most. And he had a quarter of the season last year where Devontae had turf toe. Devontae is his one reliable route runner. It took Devontae a couple games to get eased back in. Now, the other thing I'll say is that Aaron Rodgers' best game of the season last year was against the Raiders, where Devontae Adams wasn't even playing. So he had to do it with where he spread the ball around to eight or nine different players. Nobody had more than four catches that whole game. He threw for over 400 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, again, I don't see the massive drop-off. I see him under duress a lot. But again, I think that's a product of what's in front of him and what he has to throw to, not a product of his talent. And his arm talent is still there. That rounds out our episode today, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm going into quarantine in the next couple days uh, where I'll be flying from California back to New York. And we will resume by discussing the rest of our quarterback scenarios. Please don't forget to subscribe on YouTube. And please check out our social media accounts on Instagram and Twitter at FCK Podcast. Give us a follow and interact with us. Send us messages. Best of the stuff. We'll be sure to get on air. Thanks so much, everyone.